Welcome to Your Badass Brain, the podcast that uses coaching, psychology, and simple neuroscience to arm you with the knowledge and tools to get from where you are now to where you really want to be. And here's your host, professional certified coach, April Oswald, to help you get the most from your badass brain. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Your Badass Brain. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the podcast. I had a number of people reach out to me after the last episode, and the most common comment that I got was that they really liked the name. And funny enough, I had considered changing the name prior to releasing the podcast because I was concerned that the word badass might be offensive to some people. But then I figured, hey, if people are offended by that, uh, then maybe they don't want to listen because I'm sure to say something even more offensive at some point. So I'm glad I stuck with the name and want to give a quick shout out to my weekday wine drinking buddies, also known as my book club, for unanimously encouraging me to stick with your badass brain. And if you haven't listened to episode one, it may benefit you to do that, but you don't have to. Um, you'll still get something useful out of this episode on a standalone basis. But one important thing that I introduced in the last episode is called the model. And it's a framework for showing the logical process behind how our thoughts lead to the results that we have in our lives. And the model says that for every circumstance we encounter, our brains produce a thought. Our thoughts create our emotions, our emotions drive our actions, and our actions determine our results. If you want to change or achieve something in your life and you're struggling to make it happen, there's a good chance that you're focusing only on the action line of the model. You're focusing on what you should be doing or on what you are not doing, or you just keep doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results which according to the old adage is the definition of insanity. But I think what is also the definition of insanity is to keep thinking the same thoughts over and over again and expecting yourself to create different results. The model shows how it is your thoughts that create the emotions that drive your actions. And from your actions come your results. So the key is to stop focusing all of your energy on what you're doing and start focusing on what you are thinking. And I want to use this episode to show you a few examples that will illustrate what I'm talking about so that you can start looking at how the model is applying in your life. And the really cool thing about the model is that it works for any circumstance, for any problem, or to help you achieve any goal. So if you happen to resonate with a specific example that I use, fantastic. But if not, right, then no worries. It doesn't matter. Don't tune out because it isn't the exact details of a given example that are important, but rather the underlying concepts that you can apply to whatever the situation is that you're dealing with. So if I use something related to parenting and your current goal is to get out of debt, the same underlying concepts apply. And if I use something from weight loss and your goal is to make a career change or improve a relationship, the same underlying concepts apply. 
In fact, as I go through examples, you can think about how a given concept applies to your personal situation. And plus, when I coach, it's not to tell you how to parent or how to lose weight or how to get a promotion or improve your marriage. I'm not going to tell you what you should be doing, but I am going to help you understand your brain to unravel its current programming so that you can see where it's holding you back, so that you can see the possibilities that are available to you when you change the thoughts that you're thinking. As I said in the first episode, in theory, we all sort of know that we're allowed to think whatever we want. But in practice, we so often don't do it. We just accept what our brains produce by default. In fact, my first example is from a situation that occurred with me and my son just this morning. And admittedly, this example is a very simple issue, right? It's not something that I would say is profound or life-changing, but it definitely provides a good opportunity to illustrate how our brains work and how the steps of the model play out. And actually, now that I'm saying that, I'm thinking that these are the perfect kinds of situations for you to start practicing your badass brain skills. Because little situations like this show up frequently in all our lives. And so there are lots of opportunities for practicing. And then as you gain more understanding and are able to put the tools and skills to work on, on these little things, you can then move on to the bigger things. Okay, so today is Monday. And this morning, right as we were leaving the house, my 10-year-old son, Chase, couldn't find his favorite hoodie. And it's a hoodie that I had just bought him two or three weeks ago and that he knew cost a decent amount of money. It hit him that he had left it on the school playground on Friday afternoon, and he got really upset. He was going on about he'll never get it back. He knows somebody took it because there were a lot of kids at the school playing soccer over the weekend. He was just upset. He didn't even want to listen to any ideas I had for how he might find it. So I just gave him a few minutes to be upset. And also, I needed to coach myself for a few minutes so that I wouldn't get upset so that I could show up in a more effective way for him. And then I decided to use the situation as a coaching opportunity for him. Now, admittedly, This often doesn't go over very well with my kids. Like they'll say, mom, stop coaching me. And they won't engage or they'll turn up the music in the car or they'll put on their headphones. But I keep trying anyway. And this morning I got a bit of traction. So I pointed out to Chase that the fact that he left his hoodie at the playground was not what was making him upset. That that is just something that happened in the past. And therefore... It does not have the ability to release the chemicals into his body that would cause his emotions, right? And nor can the presence or absence of a hoodie cause him to feel upset, right? Hoodies are just articles of clothing, and they also don't have the ability to release chemicals into our bodies. The only thing that does is our brains, and they do it based on the thoughts that we think. And so I told Chase that, you know, it's totally fine for him to be upset. And that in fact, how he is feeling makes complete sense given the thoughts he is choosing to believe. But to just know that those thoughts are optional and he doesn't have to believe them, right? He can choose what he wants to think. 
not because it's right or wrong, or that there is a certain way that he is supposed to think or feel, but simply because he gets to decide. He gets to create how he experiences the circumstance, right? He gets to use his badass brain. And yes, I did use the word badass with my 10-year-old. But remember, the first step in the model is that for every circumstance, our brains produce a thought. Chase's circumstance was that he didn't have his hoodie because he left it on the school playground on Friday. Until his brain produces a thought, that doesn't mean anything. Like all circumstances, it is completely neutral. Let me say that again, right? Every circumstance in our lives is completely neutral until our brain has a thought about it. And when you can correctly distinguish between the facts and the thoughts, you will see that every circumstance is neutral. And this is an idea that I struggled with a bit when I first started doing this work. But now that I understand it and see that it's true, it allows me to fully own the power for creating my emotions. So no matter what the circumstance is, there is no particular emotion that I have to feel. And this doesn't mean that we should always choose to feel positive about our circumstances. There are times where we may choose negative emotion. And when I say positive or negative, I'm just referring to the affect of an emotion, the way it feels to you. I'm not judging it. Emotions are just our perceptions of the sensations in our bodies. They are not right or wrong or good or bad. They just feel differently and lead to different actions. The key is to know that they are caused by your brain and the thoughts that you think and not dictated by your circumstance. Nothing outside of you needs to change in order for you to find some relief from any emotion that you're experiencing. Now, for every given circumstance, our brain takes in the facts, processes them, produces output in the form of our thoughts. And really, all that thought is, is your brain's best prediction of what that particular circumstance might mean. The problem is that our base brain can't distinguish between what is fact and what isn't. Its only goal is to maximize our probability of survival. And one of the ways it does this is by conserving energy. It, it wants to use as little energy as possible so that we have more available for what it thinks could be life or death situations where we mean, might need to fight or run away. Your base brain has not evolved. It still thinks we're living in the day of the caveman. It can't make sense of the modern world to know what is actually a real threat to you and what isn't. And so it predicts that a lot of circumstances that you encounter are these major threats, even when they aren't, right? Like speaking up at a company meeting or like your spouse forgetting your anniversary or your 10-year-old child releasing a public TikTok with a song full of F-bombs. But anyway, because your base brain finds so many threats in the world, it's always trying, trying to conserve the energy. And, and if it had to decide if every one of the 60,000 thoughts that it puts out every day are true or not, it would have very little energy left to do anything else. And so, given its goal of energy conservation, it just treats every thought as if it's a fact, so that it doesn't even have to question them. And this is where 
you can bring your badass brain in to question them, to determine where something is simply a thought and to decide if that thought is what you really want to believe. If that thought is serving you by creating the emotion and experience you want to be having. So for Chase, when he's just operating on autopilot, his experience is that he's very upset because his hoodie is gone forever. But after I was able to coach him a bit, right, to point out the optionality of his thought and encourage him to decide what he wants to think and feel, he saw that he can own the power to shape his experience. And in this case, after playing around with some thoughts, he chose to think, I will find my hoodie. This creates a feeling of empowerment rather than upset. And from that feeling of empowerment, he is much more likely to take the actions to try to locate the hoodie. You always have a different emotion available to you if the one you are experiencing is not working for you, if it's not driving the actions that will get you to your ultimate goal. Now, I know that as adults listening to this, the hoodie being gone forever, I mean, that was clearly just a thought in the moment and not a factual circumstance. But as I said, this was just meant to be a simple and straightforward example. But it is highly likely that there are areas in your life where you are making the same mistake, where a thought feels so much like the truth of a given circumstance that you cannot see any other option. And so you're just accepting it. And you're just accepting the emotion that thought is creating. You don't see that you have the power to change it. It's incredibly enlightening when you begin to become aware of how and when you are doing this. And there's a pretty quick exercise that you can do to help you get started. This will be your first foray into self-coaching. So start paying attention to any negative emotions that you experience and identify them. Frustration, overwhelm, disappointment, self-doubt, anger, anxiety, any emotion that you would consider negative. And if all you can come up with at this point is bad, then just go with that. I know that many people aren't very good at identifying specific emotions, but don't worry. If you stick with me through the podcast, you will get much better at this. You will develop the skill of recognizing and really feeling your emotions. And don't let that scare you away because as I said on the last episode, it has the potential to become one of your superpowers. So start noticing when you are experiencing these emotions. And when you do, pause to look at exactly what is causing them. Come up with the reason or all of the reasons that you are feeling that way. And if you can do this on paper or on your phone or on a computer, it's incredibly helpful But it, because it allows you to literally look at the output your brain is producing. The purpose of this exercise is to observe the output of the base brain programming and writing thing da- things down can kind of create that extra layer of space. And if you aren't in a position to do this on paper in the moment that you're experiencing the emotion, you can always do it later when you have, you know, 10 free minutes. So write down all of the reasons you feel or felt your given emotion and don't monitor what you're writing. Don't judge it or try to get it right. Just get it all out there like a brain dump. And if you've put down something controversial, you can always shred it or burn it afterwards or delete the file. But when you're finished writing, look back And try to objectively identify any facts that you have written, right? Only the things that are unarguably true. 
things that everyone would agree on without question, and highlight them or underline them. These are your circumstances. Everything remaining are just your thoughts, the story that your base brain is creating when it takes in the circumstance and processes that data. And all of those thoughts are optional. You don't have to believe that story that your base brain is telling. But be careful here, especially when you start doing this work, because it can be tricky, right? It can be a little difficult to distinguish thoughts from facts. For example, I had a client tell me that she's so frustrated with her brother because of his obsession with the election. And she believed that this was her circumstance. She told me it as if this is just a fact. My brother is obsessed with the election, but this is not a fact, right? Obsessed is a relative term. Not everyone would agree on what makes a person obsessed, and so it can't be a fact. And this is really good news, because if this is just a thought, and it is, and this is what's causing her frustration, then she has the option to think something different. It's within her control, unlike a true circumstance, which is something that is not in our control. But at first, when I pointed out to her that it was just a thought, she wanted to convince me that I don't really understand her situation and that it actually is the truth. She wanted to give me, to present me with all of the evidence, all of the things her brother has said and done so that I too would believe her thought that he is obsessed. She wanted to defend, right, to go to bat for the thought that is creating her frustration, even when I offered her an out by suggesting that she could choose to think something else. But that's what we do, isn't it? Like, that's what our unsupervised, unmanaged brains do. My brain does it all of the time if I'm not looking at it, if I'm not managing it. Our base brains are so desperate to be right because they see everything as a matter of life or death, right? As a matter of self-preservation. So they are always looking for evidence to prove themselves right. And they'll even create evidence. Our base brain doesn't care how that thought makes us feel from an emotional standpoint. It only cares that our bodies are prepared for what it thinks is coming. The fact that we experience that as a negative emotion is just a byproduct. It's really just a byproduct of our brain doing its job of preparing our bodies to respond to a potential threat. And in the case of my client, the threat that her brother was obsessed with the election. But she wasn't really in any danger. No harm would come to her if she stopped believing that thought. It wasn't protecting her from anything. In fact, if she were to believe a different thought, it would bring her some relief. But her brain was too busy gathering evidence for that thought for her to see that there were other options. She was focused on everything her brother did, everything he said related to the election, all of the articles that he sent to her, the protests he went on, the social media posts he made. Her result was that she was obsessed with her brother's behavior. She wanted him to behave differently, but was blind to how she was creating her own obsession. She was focused on changing his behavior rather than working on changing her thought, which is where her power to feel better actually is. I find it fascinating the way our base brains will cling onto a thought even when that thought is creating misery for us. 
the way they'll tell us that something outside of us is what needs to change in order for us to feel better. I watch my brain do this a lot to try to convince me that the thought it has produced is simply the truth of a situation, to try to convince me that emotional relief can only come from a different result or if I could change the circumstance, which is never possible because circumstances are the things that are out of our control. And then when I use my badass brain to decide purposely what I want to think instead, to choose a thought that feels better and that will drive more effective action, then my brain starts to bombard me with all of the reasons that I shouldn't believe that new thought, right? To try to tell me that I'm in danger if I believe that new thought. But when I am aware that this is what is going on, I can then step back and just witness this process. I can understand that it's simply my brain doing its job. I call it neurological noise. All of the things that my base brain throws at me to convince me what it wants me to think, right? And to keep me from believing the thought that I have chosen. But like any noise, this neurological noise, I might hear it, but I don't have to listen to it. I can just let it be in the background and can focus my attention on my chosen thought. Now, in the case of my client and her brother, we explored what it would feel like for her if she could drop the thought that he is obsessed. And we looked at other possibilities. She eventually came up with the thought that I love my brother and this is important to him. She could see how thinking this thought would create a different feeling from frustration. She said that thinking I love my brother and this is important to him caused her to feel more supportive and curious. And from those feelings, rather than a feeling of frustration, she would be better able to show up in her relationship with her brother in the way that she really wanted to, instead of being obsessed with his behavior. And that would be a much better experience for her. You know, she left our call seeing a possibility for changing her experience without needing her brother to be any different. But just because my client came up with a new thought doesn't mean that all of a sudden she stops believing the old thought and everything immediately changes. She's going to experience a lot of the neurological noise as her base brain works to defend the current thought. Believing new thoughts is a skill. And like any skill, developing it takes practice. And that practice in this case looks a bit like this. So the next time her brother mentions the election or posts something on his Facebook page or goes to a protest, she would just recognize and allow the thought that he is obsessed, right? She'd let it be there and notice how that is what is creating her frustration, how without that thought, everything he's doing is neutral. And then to think her new thought on purpose and to just see what that would feel like if that is what she believed instead and what actions might come from that new emotion. All she's doing is introducing a possible alternative thought into her base brain programming. And over time, that new thought will become less foreign to the base brain. You will show it that thinking that thought doesn't put you in any danger. And then you can start to believe that new thought automatically and to experience the emotion and actions that will lead to your desired results. Pretty cool, right? 
I mean, did you ever consider that you can actually practice thinking new thoughts in order to change your brain's programming? But for now, as you start to do some of your own self-coaching, like as you just do the small exercise that I talked about earlier, the first goal is to simply find the thoughts that you may have been accepting as fact, right? Find the thoughts that if you were able to drop them, you would get relief from the frustration, self-doubt, anxiety, or whatever other emotions you're experiencing. A lot of emotional relief can come just from doing this much, just from recognizing that you are in control, that it is your thoughts that cause the way you feel. It takes all of the power for your emotions away from the circumstances and other people in your life and puts it all in your hands. And if, as you do this, you have any questions or if you're uncertain whether something is a thought or a fact and you'd like me to take a look at what you've come up with, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm at info at yourbadassbrain.com and I promise that I will respond to you. And please subscribe to the podcast so that you'll be the first to know when the next episode is released. Because in it, I am going to help you create your emotional superpower. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to keep using your badass brain. Bye for now.